Welcome to Grounded Sounds. I'm Jen. And I'm Abel. And we are happy to be here today. We have the powerhouse owner. Clay. Hello. And we have Jared Beck. The powerhouse. Yes, with the powerhouse. So we're really excited to (laughs) interview them and kind of get a feel for what's going on over there. There's a lot going on. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have not tuned in, they're one of the hottest venues. I would say hottest venues, like they're a club, but (laughs) that sounds really cheesy. Like, they're the hottest venue. You guys are so clubby out there. Why why, why go to Candy Night Lounge when you can go to the (laughs) Fabulous? But really for singer-songwriters, they are really one of the venues that singer-songwriters want to play and be a part of, and they've been so hospitable to local music and live music, so we're excited to interview them. Abel, what's going on with you? Well, I'm always trying to find a little bit of new music. And before we kind of got started here, Clay was talking. Who were you just talking about a little bit ago? Connor or Eric? Connor. Connor. Connor Hicks. Yes. He played um, the powerhouse. I'd never heard of him. And we we do get a lot of, just through our our powerhouse um, booking um, email, we get a lot of, you know, people, you know, emailing and, and asking to play and, um, it's almost, it's a really, you know, booking is a, can be a full-time job. Um, if you're in a band and you're booking for your band, it's a full-time job. Or if you have a, a venue, it can, aside from just making chili verde and, you know, doing the kitchen and making drinks and stuff, it's a full-time job booking, um, for the venue. And, um, so Connor was someone that reached out to us and, um, via email and, um, Jared is, uh, Beck. He's going to kill me for mentioning this, but he kind of does a lot of the booking at the powerhouse. Um, and I'll give you his number later. Um, but he, um, so Connor, you know, like, hey, you know, this guy looks pretty good. What should we do? And, um, you know, but he was definitely um, w- one that stuck out as a, as, as a young um, up and coming act. And, and I enjoyed I really enjoyed his music. Cool. So, yeah. what, type, what type of stuff are you doing? Is was he, is he doing? Yeah, uh, he's kind of you know he was doing like Jared mentioned. You know, I think he started uh, his set with a Stevie Ray Vaughan song, but oh, it's cool. it's pretty much um, it's it's um, you know high energy, pretty pretty um, heavy um, um, blues, blues and rock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Austin but, but, blues, yeah, Austin type blues. Yeah, mm-hmm. very cool. So Clay, I, this is the first time I've met you. Welcome, we're happy Thank to have you. you. But you and Abel do know each other. Yeah. And we how should, do you guys we know each other? Should go over that. Um, hmm. I of course have Savory Spice Shop, and Clay has been coming in. He was like day one. Yeah. It was, it was really close to day one, at least. And that was before there was a powerhouse. Um, as early on Savory Spice Shop, and uh, Clay c- comes in and. Um, starts telling me about all the cool, amazing things that he's going to do in the next couple of years. I remember that you, you told me that, that you were going to open a different bar. I don't yes. know if that's still happening or not, so I won't talk about Oh, that. no, yeah, that's okay. Uh, um, it, it was very interesting because I met Abel uh, probably two years before the powerhouse was open, and um, I, I'm from Oklahoma, but I, was, I lived in Austin for about 13 years, and, um, you know, I was working at a restaurant on West 6th Street in Clarksville, and a savory spice shop opened across the street. Oh, yeah. One of the first franchises. Is that the one on, off of 6th Street? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. 
And I knew the woman who opened that franchise, you know, she was somebody, she was kind of a regular. And um, anyway, I love cooking and spices, who doesn't? Sure. Um, and so I um, I had an idea that I was going to move to Oklahoma City and per perhaps open a savory spice shop. Um, I love this, it. This is true. This is way before. Yeah, this is way. Yeah. I'm still pissed at Abel for this. Yeah. You know? um, but um, and uh, and it all started really with a friend of mine from Chicago bought me some spices for Christmas or something, and I thought it was the coolest gift that I right. had, had had. And there's a place called the I think in Chicago it's pretty famous. It's renowned. It's called the House of Spice, Spice House. Spice House. Spice House Chicago. And yeah. I actually went up there to uh, to the the Spice House of Chicago and checked it out. And I, I really loved um, everything they were doing. You know, you could get you know all the crazy cool spices from all around the world. And then I read the the book on spices and yeah. just the trade and how you know important spices were it's really it's actually a lot of um, interesting um, facts about that but um, so then I thought then my this woman opened the savory spice shop in Austin across from the place that I was working and I thought you know what I'm gonna go to I'll just go to Oklahoma City and I'll, I'll look at opening one of these franchises and you know, I get to, you know, my girlfriend and I, we moved to Oklahoma City and we kind of start getting settled in and I start, um, and I noticed that there was a savory spice shop and I wasn't aware of this in, in Oklahoma City and I just couldn't believe it. I thought it was the coolest thing. I was like, right. I'm not going to do it, but you know what? I was, I'm not crazy, you know? Yeah. Uh, you do at it. least yeah. I'm not the only one that had that idea. Right. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure when I did it, I was the not only the only one, but like the only person that didn't think I was completely nuts because that was like, that was 2012, early, it was early 2011 when I first started the process, you know, and I had just come back from Denver and that's where the, we're headquartered. And, uh, you know, my, my landlords, whenever I approached them about putting a spice shop in there, they were like, well, I don't know you're going to pay the rent selling yeah. salt and pepper, but <laughs> you're going to see what you can do. And, uh, you know, here we are four years later, and Clay's been a loyal customer. I mean, I think I like to think I have a little something in the in the Chili Verde over there. Well, I still have <laughs> big jars of your product. Yeah. Of the, yeah. That's um, why the food over at the powerhouse is so good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Savory spices. There you go. But, but I, so I went into the spice shop. I was driving by, and I was by then I was working on the powerhouse and since I you know I thought I had enough money to do it and of course I realized really quickly that the <laughs> tables all cost about 300 bucks and the chairs aren't cheap and I, I had no investors so I was like I'm in trouble I have to start become I have to become a construction guy and a carpenter and all of this stuff and I always had a you know I have a good eye for you know design uh, you know uh, interior stuff but you know I had to build build everything too so and do the landscape and everything but so I went I went into the savory spice shop and I you know I looked like a savage you know I had a goatee and glue all over me and paint and you know it's just that was my life and I had a tape measure and uh, Abel hadn't been there too long I don't think and he said uh, could I hire you to build a desk in my office and I was I was like Maybe. <laughs> I could use the money. So we went back there and I measured the I totally spot. Forgot and that's about the that. first day. That was yeah. the first day I ever met Abel yeah. and then the first time I ever went to the spice shop. So and like so you make said, friends, you look for tape measures on people's hip and be like, Oh, you have a tape measure. You must be able to build stuff. And, and now I do the same thing when yeah. I see people. <laughs> 
So uh, tell us the concept of Powerhouse. Like, how did this come about? You moved back from Austin, and what was what's your vision? What was your vision at the time for Powerhouse? Well, I, I came back from Austin, and I was looking for a space. I found a place over in Uptown, not too, a few blocks from here, actually. And um, I needed an I needed to get it rezoned. I started leasing it. I needed to get it rezoned. So I a friend. Um, recommended an attorney, a local attorney, who happened to office out of the main building at the old uh, farmer's market. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went before the the, um, the city council and we got it re- successfully rezoned to, uh, to operate as a restaurant and serve alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I met all my neighbors, the church, everything. Everything was great. And um, after we got it rezoned, and I, I would go down to the old farmer's market to his office, you know, and, and I just kind of fell in love with it down there. It was, de- it's like, no, it was no man's land, yeah, but definitely. you know, Matt Birch with Urban Agrarian was there. The pinata store was there. I love Pam's the nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, someone bought a space, uh, you know, right there and um, put in a really beautiful Bikram yoga. And um, it just had really good bones and it was really close to downtown. And during the course of it, my attorney said, "Hey, I want you to check out this 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 space." So, he took me to the the the, the little you know eight hundred square foot um, what what is now the the powerhouse, and he goes, you know, and I met the owners, which I really like the really like the owners, and any and so he took me to the space. He said, "You should open a place here," hmm. and I I you know didn't really think about it at first, but. You know, after a few weeks, I'm still going down there, and and I became friends with with my attorney, Bud Scott, and I started really thinking, you know, maybe I should do this because this other space is gonna it's it's a big it's it's an undertaking, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of sleepless nights. I was running out of money, I was running out of time, and I had to make a decision. And I would lay in bed at night, um, in the middle of winter thinking about it, you know, be 11 o'clock. And there wasn't one person, not a stray cat down in the farmer's market back then, (laughs) you know. Um, Actually, there were. I tried to uh, catch them. One of them them mutilated me. (laughs) I I tried to trap them and and get them The humane thing. It's the feral. Well, yeah, yeah, you could go to the Humane Society and for 100 bucks you can lease a trap. So I leased a couple traps and put them out there, and all I kept catching were um, possums. And you don't want to mess with a possum because <laughs> no. they, they're just disgusting, and um, I never caught a cat, you know, because if you, if you catch the cat, the cat you can take them to Humane Society, they'll fix them all, mm-hmm. and you just return them back to the wild, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, there was I would lay in bed at night, and there was nothing going on down there, and I just thought, man, I just can't do it. But it, I had to make a decision, so when, once I made the decision, it was all systems go. Um, and, you know, there was a lot of work to be done because there w- really was no electricity. There was no gas. There was no water. Mm. There was really nothing to this building. And I, I was the first person to even get cable mm-hmm. uh, down there. I think one of, I think a couple of us got it around the same time. But, um, and, you know, I had a lot of people, temp- but I knew that I had to, st- it was really great for me because I didn't really have to I didn't hire someone to design this, you know, the aesthetic because 
I was just wanted to keep it what you know what it was, what the farmers market is. To me, it was like Santa Fe slash border town. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and people thought I was crazy. They really did. Um, and I had painters and stucco people said, "Yeah, we're just gonna we're gonna redo this whole thing. It's gonna be beautiful. We're gonna restucco it. It's gonna look brand new. We're gonna paint coke." you know, Coca-Cola on the side and do that. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm going to seal with this finger every inch of this craggly looking. And I did it. Mm. I painted it. I sealed it. And I, it was really, that was easy for me, the concept, because I could just keep it kind of that um, border town, farmer's market, um, you know, Santa Fe look looking, you know, New Mexico look. And it wasn't, you know, had I done something else somewhere else, then I would have, probably you know that's that's one great thing about oklahoma city unlike austin we hold on to our districts here the design mm-hmm. there's design districts yeah. and you know some other towns like austin if a house burns down in a, in a neighborhood you can build whatever you want to here you you adhere to certain you know architectural you know the, the three or four styles are there and I think that's really important, especially here in Oklahoma City, because there is so much old. There are so many old neighborhoods and old architecture, and there's and there's still so many left to be yes to mm-hmm. be rediscovered. I mean, with the with the Wheeler District going in south of the river, and a uh, Capitol Hill down there, and uh, and and there's even more that I can't even think of right now. Mm-hmm. But you know, Powerhouse being one of the ones that's you know really really has its own signature and style and look, and and the Powerhouse has really become a big part of that. And I mean. I, me and my wife were sitting down there on the patio the other day, and it was you know a beautiful night, and we're sitting outside and just you know having a beer and listening to some music, and it's just such a special place, in in of itself as the bar, and then also that whole area down there, and now with the with the park, the food truck park across mm-hmm. the street, that's really They're adding to Del everything. Mar. The Del Mar mm-hmm. Gardens is getting mm-hmm. it going, and Loaded Bowl, mm-hmm. the, the vegan restaurant, oh, cool. will be opening soon. Very nice. And where I is, where is it? Very excited about it. It's mm-hmm. just Caddy Corner. I mean, it's a stone's throw. Okay. It's, it's Caddy Corner from, from the powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Cool. And they're a great addition because we're they're already our friends. They've already, you know, they already come down there. You know, they would do their wholesale. Um, um, so every week, every Sunday, they would bring their truck down there and th- their wholesale um, shoppers would come and get, you know, um, food for the week or whatever. So they were already down there in New Matt, Birch, yeah. with Urban Agrarian. And so it was a, they, they are a perfect fit. I have to give a shout out to my friend Kate Story. She's the one who designed, you know, the lady on their truck. Like the loaded oh, ball lady, yeah, like yeah. she's the artist who did that. Nice. So yeah, she's cool. She's a pretty awesome chick. Yeah. Um. But so, man, it's a powerhouse. I mean, you have just. Gr- it, I love. Like, it's obviously a passion project, and it comes out in when you're there. I mean, you just have that. Sure. It's so authentic, genuine. Thank you. I mean, your work that you've put into it that we've been listening to today. It's like. You just, it is such I mean, a cool one feel. One more story about that. I remember me and my wife were down there getting something at Urban Agrarian before, right before it opened, if you remember or not, but here's here's Clay standing yeah. out there like uh, shoveling dirt into like a <laughs> wheelbarrow or something. I was like, I'm like, look, man, I can't talk to you right <laughs> now. I'm freaked <laughs> out. <laughs> I'm hauling dirt. I'm the only one here. And, yes. you know. he, he looked at me. He was like, Clay, is that you? <laughs> like covered in dirt. I, was, I hadn't <laughs> seen him in a while. He looked a little ragged. Oh, <laughs> man. And I was like, I was ragged. You know, because if the and you know the construction part was one thing, and then um, 
I had to end up, you know, um, navigating um, my permits and the city and mm, and inspections and stuff. So I, you know, I got through it and I learned a lot. But there were it, it was day to day. I did not know if it was going to work. And like I said, I was running out of time and money, and I was so freaked out and so scared. Bec- um, but you know, I still once we. I still had to operate a, a viable business. Mm-hmm. So there was that too, which is a full, that's, that is, that's a full-time undertaking in and of itself. But along the way, I knew I wanted to keep it simple. And also I was comforted in, in just, I, I, I watched other people did and were successful. I don't have to have the shiniest plates. We could, as long as things are good and honest, you know, fresh squeezed juices, um, good good drinks. Um, we're not juggling anything. We're not um, really lighting anything behind the bar. But I, but I, I saw how you could have a, a you know, a damn good margarita, um, other good cocktails, and people would would you know, and people would enjoy that. And that's kind of you know where where we were. And then my my crew, obviously, um, you know. They're they're really really great and they kind of get what we're doing and um, I lucked out with that um, and um, actually uh, Roy and Red were in my shop today. Oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah Roy um, Oki Roy um, he's he's he 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 jokes because actually I the the way I fund the way I paid for. Uh, the powerhouse was that you know I was just down in Austin for all those years slinging margaritas and writing songs and playing in a, a, my band Love County and then Medicine Park and we did some touring and you know and I continue to write songs and, and record but um, I bought a little house in what was North Austin then and um, in like 2002 I scraped together all the dollars I, I had and I bought this house and then Austin just kept booming and booming. And then, then the next thing you know, the house that was, I bought in North Austin was in the center of town almost. And then the neighborhood, the old I was by the old airport. And so I was basically, you know, that's all I had was this house. And so I just kept working on it and planting trees and remodeling it and um, doing what I was doing. And it kept going up every year. And I just wanted to get out of Austin so bad. I was so, so ready to get back home. I totally understand. Mm. Wanting to get out I just could not. I just wanted out. But I had to stay because every year the house was going up 10, 15,000. <laughs> and so then I was like, okay, well, we're moving. So, and so I rented my house out and I was making good money, you know, on the, on the, on the, the mortgage and the rent. I was clearing some, some dollars, but I, and I thought I had enough money to move here. And, um, um, my brother was going to help me open a place. He was going to kind of, um, be a silent investor and I realized quickly that there just wasn't enough money and, and I, I probably needed to, to just do it on my own. So I went back to Austin after we moved, after I moved to Oklahoma City. I went back there about four or five months and I just, in in three months, I got my renters out. I gave them like a month and a half, but I got the renters out. I remodeled, I put it on the market. I sold it and funded in three months and 16 days. Wow. And I would sleep in the park because see what would happen was um, the place I was staying was in Spicewood with my brother and that's like an hour outside of Austin so when people you know when the house was being shown um, I had nowhere to go and so I would just go to the Bartholomew <laughs> Park there, and literally a couple times I'd just get find go down in the grass, and it was summer too, and I would just go down there and sleep because there's nothing else I could do. You know, I had no money, I had nothing, and so basically had nothing, 
had no investors. Every so I sold the house, came up here, and every dime that I, that I had, I is now in at the powerhouse. Oh, in the powerhouse, yeah. I love that. I mean, and I love how you stayed true to your vision. And I mean, that's an inspiring story. Thank you. Have, you. Yeah. It's, you have, and, I'm I'm so tired, but I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I get I get that. I move I back because his dad passed away, and every nickel that I've ever had, and I tell people all the time, they're like, "Will you franchise this or that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, but I'm the owner, and everything I've ever earned and done is over there in the in the, in this spy shop where I'm standing." Mm-hmm. So I totally get it, and. Uh, awesome what you've done down there for sure thank you yeah you too man you're a musician so and so tell us about did you originally want to support music with your venue or were you thinking i'm just going to do a bar i mean kind of tell us about how you moved into supporting music no i I always knew that i would um bridge the gap between um oklahoma city and austin musically Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. i have some of my dearest friends um um you know that, that I met in Austin and um, that always had faith in me and always gave me a, a, a chance. And um, it's, you know, Austin's not that really that far. And it's great because, you know, it's really when band, bigger bands, mid-level bands and, and um, you know, friends of mine that are, tra- they're tra- a lot of them travel through here. It's a big route, you know, this Midwestern route. Sure. And so I always knew when the time was right that um, you know, I would definitely have uh, um, you know, so, so, you know, and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma. From when I moved in two thousand, the scene was you know, it, it wasn't near what it is now. That I think the school of music, um, it's just the scene here has never been better. So mm-hmm. it was just the perfect timing. But I had to get, I had to make the powerhouse viable. I had to make it work, and then slowly you know, kind of start bringing people up from Austin and, and really, um, it's still an untapped, you know, it's still completely untapped. I mean, we're, there's still so much that, that we can do. Um, and I've always that. thought that about music coming between Austin and, you know, every, well, not just Austin, but everywhere. I mean, you've got I-35 and I-40, all of these great bands are driving through here and, you know, the powerhouse and some of the other, you know, criterion and tower that we're sitting in right now. Absolutely. Was hoping, you know, and we hope that we can help that in a little bit in a way to try to get people to, you know, stop. Yeah. Stop on your way through. And and we get a a lot of really good music in here. Well, you guys have done something really unique called the powerhouse sessions. And that's one thing we really wanted to hear about today, as well as your vision with the powerhouse. But we also have Jared here who powerhouse session was, was your vision that you proposition clay likes to say propositions. (laughs) So Jared proposition clay. And then, so tell us about powerhouse sessions. Clay propositioned me. Oh, okay. So Um, it was the other way around. (laughs) No, we had just, um, (laughs) When the powerhouse opened, I remember it was this uh, enigma kind of thing. It was not a lot of people knew about it. And if you had gone out there, it was because you knew somebody that had gone out there. And the people that were going out there didn't want anybody else to know about it. (laughs) And so I remember somebody telling me, you know, because there was rumors that this bar was opening down there. And so I remember going and checking it out. And I was like, whoa, wow, this place is is crazy cool, you know. And it's just uh, a good desolate vibe um, away from the noise and the chaos of the city 
Um, and at that point, when you guys had opened, it was, um, I mean, you guys had good traffic going through there, but again, it was a good crowd because it was just word of mouth. But, um, um, I mean, from the first time I went, I was like, you know, doing music out here would be, would be great. And then I think it was probably, what, a couple months after you'd been opened yeah. that uh, I had kind of gotten into putting on different events and, and music showcases in the city. Um, and um, I just, I, I think we had met before and I was like, hey, I've, I've, I've done this before. Would you want to host one of these tribute shows, which is something I'd started just to bring musicians together. Because mm -hmm. um, musicians in this city were, were all so busy. We're always, you know, either recording music or playing music, going out of state, yada, yada, yada. And so it's hard to get everybody together at, at the same time to enjoy each other's music and have fellowship and listen to each other play. So I created these tribute nights. Um, they were just fun nights to bring people together and, you know, learn, you know, some great songwriters songs and and interpret them. And so I, I pitched it to Clay, you know, this is what it is. And I'll bring bring in the people, uh, the musicians and we'll promote it and it'll be good stuff and he was like why not and so um we did it what was the what was that first one the first one was, was john, john prine Brown. john prine so i did you know bent over backwards promoting that and getting it in different publications and just people talking about it and i remember showing up before and there was just tons of people that had gotten there early with their lawn chairs or sitting out there on the <laughs> patio front. And it was older people. Because mm -hmm. like, young people don't show up early to a show. They yeah. show up fashionably late. No, they don't. And the other part of it was uh, Jared picked the perfect uh, day and the perfect time. So he, oh, it was Sundays, evenings. early evenings. So unbeknownst to me, um, unlike the younger crowds, everyone ordered. So I was back right. there in the kitchen. <laughs> they, they came there to eat dinner, too. Exactly. And I, I was back there like flying. <laughs> <laughs> making pig bit doing the thing i was like whoa what, you know how are we gonna do this you know but right. we did it you know mm -hmm. and so jared picked like you know he picked the right musicians he picked the right um uh you know people to to pay tribute to mm -hmm. and um he picked the right day and the right time and it just you know. it went it went well i remember talking to somebody there it's older man and like he was like i didn't have i don't have internet or anything like that da, 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 da. i just heard my brother tell me about it and he was from some random small town here in oklahoma and there was lots of people like that that had just mm -hmm. heard about it through word of mouth or a paper or I don't know, KLSU maybe. Um, there and was, people just came out of the woodwork. It was there was more than one old hippie, older hippie there. Right? It was <laughs> one, and people people loved it. Including we had about me. ten local artists that that covered Prine songs, and I mean we filled that place out. There was people standing around out in the parking lot um, just wow. watching because there wasn't place to sit. So I was like, hey, this was really fun and a success and I think Clay thought the same thing so planned another one and so that kind of is how our relationship started was doing those those tributes and I think I mean I'd like to say that brought a lot of attention down there as far as the musicians knowing that that was a place to go and play oh no doubt because you I mean you had the outdoor just the outdoor stage at that point yeah mm -hmm. because we weren't I don't we really weren't doing music then right uh, we did our our uh, Motown get down with Tom. With Tom Hudson. Tom Hudson. Um, Fuck you, Tom. And nice. uh, just like with Jared, um, uh, a couple of the, it was, it was Tom and I think Miles and um, yeah, Jenny, group, Jenny yeah. uh, uh, Kress. Jenny Kress. 
they they came they they came a couple of them came to me and said hey we want to do this uh, Motown uh, dance party and you know I, I said okay well you know, well, are you sure Motown, I mean. I was like, yeah exactly I was like are you sure and those have been great too and so but but back then you know to Jared's point you know we really didn't weren't doing even really doing music back then and so he kind of brought down. Um, you know, a lot of uh, musicians mm -hmm. and um, we already kind of had a lot of musicians kind of coming there and hanging out and architects and, you know, um, um, artists and stuff like service industry. Um, but no one was really playing there until Jared kind of brought every brought everyone together and, and everyone trust uh, Jared and, and um, you know, and so it was kind of easy, I think, for him to say, hey, we're going to do this. And, you know, because it's it's not that's not easy to do. You know, yeah. you've got to really be plugged in and, and you know, and, and people have to have trust in you, you know, especially you could do one. But to keep doing them, you we know, did three successful ones. Um, so so ultimately you have all these artists that you kind of brought together and, mm -hmm. and, and you scheduled them to perform and then you recorded it all live, which now it's... With the sessions, yeah. So yes. fast forward a year after that, basically. So um, we, Clan had a good relationship and he had this idea to do this compilation album. Um, and I think at first it was just talking about taking other like already recorded songs and putting them on a compilation of sorts. And then we got to talking and at first it was, let's close the bar for two days and record inside the powerhouse. Mm. Um, I was like, that, that'd be awesome. Especially for, you know, photos or just any sort of documentation that would look great. And it would just be, I, I just had this vision of everybody in there hanging out, drinking and having a good time. And then when somebody's tracking, you just go out on the patio and continue your fun, but mm -hmm. somebody's tracking a song inside. And so that was the idea at first. And then during that time, Clay was building out a couple storage units um, just right there on the property to have a micro venue basically. Mm -hmm. And um, that was going along quicker than expected, I feel like. And then, um, after seeing it, I was like, hey, why don't we just track everything in here? And so it was it was a little chilly around that time, around March. Um, but I was like, I think we can make this make this work. And so we had this base idea of pulling in as many people as we could, I guess, and um, tracking everybody in what we eventually or Clay eventually ended up titling the substation, which is a side venue there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I got to work. Um, just putting bugs in people's ears that, hey, we, we're going to do this compilation album and, um, you know, we, we don't really have a budget for it. You donate your time. We're going to, you know, do a portion of the sales of the album that we eventually have made um, to, you know, local charity. And so me just um, basically shouting out to people that I already knew in the, in the music scene here and everybody seemed to be totally in love with it. And so um, reached out to Steve Bowes and Norman with Breathing Rhythm, Rhythm Studios to um, engineer it and everything and, and record everything. And he um, reached out to his buddy that they had done stuff um, together in the past, um, recording music, Atlee Hickerson, um, who records music here on kind of a freelance level. He's in a few bands too. Mm -hmm. In some bands, works for Keeley, like uh, Keeley Pedals. Um, and so that's based out of Edmund, their pedal making company. But mm -hmm. anyway, so pretty soon we just had 
like a stack lineup of people to be involved with this and uh, just kind of shaping what the timeline was to get the tracking done. And I felt like it was pretty ambitious to squeeze it in two days because uh, in the beginning it was 18 artists and then Steve was like, no, you and Clay, you got to track a song. Um, and so, you know, we, we didn't say no. Um, so tell us about the release. I mean, you guys have already released the sessions. Right. Yeah. Yep. So we, um, we released it just a couple weeks ago. So we can find that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not online. It won't be online for, for a little while. Um, the physical copies are just fantastic. They're a, they're a keepsake. I feel like, um, mm. we, um, we went through disc makers and it was a good experience. I mean, they're, that's a, a big company, but they assigned us our own, you know, rep and, um, it felt personal and, um, the guy that designed the album layout and artwork and everything, uh, Ethan Hickerson, which is Atlee's brother. He lives in Richmond, Virginia now. Um, he just knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. And so we got this double disc album um, with a photo booklet insert that's just, I remember giving it to a couple people to begin with that put it in their hands. And I don't think they expected that legitimacy, you know, having it shrink wrapped. And then, of course, you open it and it just looks Double disc, twenty Fantastic. songs, twenty, 20 songs. artists, sixteen page booklet. Yeah, um, and like, these artists are amazing. I mean, you guys, you curated some. I mean, that's we have been so excited to interview you guys because you're ultimately yeah. what Grounded Sounds is about, where local music meets local business. And yeah. so you really did. I mean, especially for listeners out there who aren't from Oklahoma or Oklahoma City that don't, you know, maybe know specifically of these artists. You guys curated an amazing lineup for this. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So where, where, are this, where are the discs available? Oh, so you can get the CDs at uh, Powerhouse, of course. Um, they are also um, at the Plant Shop, mm -hmm. Blue mm -hmm. Seven, Trade Menswear, um, Guest Room Records in OKC. I, I need to see if I can sell them at the Spy Shop. Yeah, well, let's do this. Get, it, get them yeah, in the I mean, spy we're shop. trying to get them in anywhere because at this point, before we make it online, we just want everybody have a, to have a physical copy. I think that's you know? really, really smart. I yeah, do too. Um, I, I'm a big vinyl collector and. Mm -hmm. uh, there's something about the tactile experience of holding something yeah. in your hand that I, that I didn't really realize how much I missed until I started buying a lot of stuff on vinyl here in the last few years. Mm -hmm. So that was whenever I was growing up, it was CDs. But you'd go to the store and you'd get your CD, and there's, there weren't really CD players in cars at that time. But you'd like read the booklet all the way oh, home, yeah. and then you'd get yeah. home and put it in the thing and sit right. there and listen mm. to it and read the thing. And uh, it's, it's not an experience. I mean, the, the, these kids. <laughs> yeah, because today they won't know about we don't that. even know. Because you have every song ever you written. Stream on it. Your, yeah, pocket. you just stream it. And so that's why when we talked about releasing it, I was like, let's let's not put it online anywhere for a little while just because, I don't know. I mean, in a way, I mean, it's good exposure, but it, it kind of cheapens it. Like, I feel like if we were just to have released it online, same time we released the physical copies, most people would have just gravitated gravitated towards getting it online because it's easy access sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But the fact like that the physical copies were just, I mean, again, just like a keepsake, it was something to collect. And seeing as we're going to do multiple volumes, you know, people that do have that collector's um, uh, mindset, I think they'll look forward to, you know, having collecting volume two, however it ends up looking. Um, 
And we do have, I'll tease this a little bit, prospects on getting this put on vinyl, volume one. Nice. Um, somebody's nice. reached out to us uh, about helping us do that. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to see what that looks like um, and do a limited run of vinyl for this first volume. So Well, you got to let me know yeah. if that happens because I want one bad. And, and also, uh, you know, because, you know, c- CDs, you know, every a lot of things are digital now, mm-hmm. um, understandably, but... The CD itself is is really uh, the, the the photography um, mm-hmm. and um, some of the the writing. Then it is it's really a moment in time for Oklahoma Oklahoma and Oklahoma City. Um, so what you're getting, even though it's it is on a CD, but you're also getting something. Uh, you're getting some incredible photographs. Um, so we had um, some friends um, just kind of come and donate their time. Um, Brittany uh, Phillips. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Ryan Magnani, mm-hmm. Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones and um, Billy they, Machinsky was out there. Billy well. Machinsky, and um, so they came and literally were there from eleven a.m. ten eleven a.m. until one or two or three um, at night during both days, back-to-back days of recording. So within this CD, you're getting, I mean, there's a hundred, the, the way they laid this out, it's just, it's hard to explain, but there was, in, back in the back storage room, there's some really beautiful um, um, booths. And so they took every artist back portraits. there and mm. did portraits. And so cool. so where the, cool. where the CDs actually rest in the double, you know, in the tray behind it, is, there's about fifth. There's all of these photos back okay. there, so you can see everyone's okay. represented. You yeah. can see everyone, and then the booklet is um, just really. I mean, they were just there, um, hanging out, uh, documenting the whole thing, and um, so you're also getting. It's a moment in time in, in in Oklahoma City where all of these musicians and all of these wonderful creative people got together and created this thing. So it's the music. It's the it's the 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 people who recorded it. Mm-hmm. It's the um, and then of course Nathan Poppy came and he was there the entire time mm-hmm. with both Travis days Tindall. with Travis Tindall and they they um, uh, they brought a lot of legitimacy. They brought all yeah. these oh, lights yeah. and uh, lights and and they videoed so they they did the the video aspect of it yeah. as well as uh, to, got a lot of great photographs too. So the CD itself, um, that's one of the reasons why we did want to keep it kind of um, off the digital um, out of the digital realm initially uh, because we think that that's part of what makes this whole thing great is it's a historical kind of it has a historical perspective too for the city and, and Oklahoma because some of the artists came down from Tulsa and mm-hmm. some of them were from Guthrie mm-hmm. and um, all you know all over um, and um, it actually did get picked up so this weekend it'll be in all three Whole Foods here mm-hmm. in Oklahoma so two in Tulsa and the one here nice um, so we're and we're excited about what we can give back too um, because a portion of the proceeds do go to the Oklahoma Girls Rock and Roll Camp and Country Roads Animal Rescue. Oh, great. Which we had, yeah, we had Toby Coleman on talking about Rock and Roll Camp for Girls before you guys. And yeah, that's wonderful. We were going to ask about the charity that you support. Yeah, and some people donate. We had an instrument drive and um, actually someone donated a a drum set and a bunch of other just um, chords and shakers and stuff, which, um, you know, we're still you know been pretty busy but we still have all that so it's going to be really great to get that to them Mm -hmm. um 
and it was just really nice of, of people to just you know people we didn't know donated donated this stuff so it was, it right. was really sweet for them for them to do that and hopefully we can the idea we're going to do this every year so oh, so in march we're doing a new recording it'll be powerhouse sessions volume two and hopefully after in 20 years we'll still be doing it and um you know and um i you know so that's, we'll that's follow the idea. we'll follow it for <laughs> sure well yeah, jared we know you're on the tracks yeah clay are you do you play Clay's as well on there. I, I, yes mm -hmm. i did oh my gosh so tell us about we, we kind of want to hear about some of your personal projects going on so tell us about your roles as artists oh uh, i mean i started out as a songwriter um i'm from small towns and i remember that was just my art form that kind of stuck i remember <clears throat> being being young angsty teenager trying to pinpoint i was a photographer at one point i was a painter i was a blah 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 and um eventually i was just a high school dropout and uh, <laughs> i uh, i just gravitated towards uh songwriting and that is what um i just was very ambitious about and just writing these songs and trying to play anywhere i could being i lived in chandler oklahoma and I didn't have a car at the time, but I'd find friends to take me out and uh, to these different gigs I would play. But fast forward through all that, um, that's something that has really just shaped me, not just as a creative, but as a human. And my songs have always been very personal to me as far as the content. And uh, um, at this point in my life, things have kind of slowed down as far as music playing out. But um, um, well, you've every been chance busy. I get, yeah, I mean, I've <laughs> kind of fallen into this role of organizing and bringing what I tell people is just stepping out of the spotlight and giving other people a platform to showcase their talent and just giving my chance and myself an opportunity to connect with other people and you know, use the connections I already have to further connect everybody in the community, whether it be somebody from the hip hop community or somebody from, um, I don't know, the dance community or film community and finding ways to um, just bring people together. And so I actually have a show um, this weekend, yeah. but I mean, I don't know when this podcast airs, but it's probably I know, I was going to say, it'll probably be after, but... Yeah, um, at, uh, at Powerhouse with uh, this band that's on tour called In Rooms and a couple other buddies, Blake Burgess and, and Gabriel um, Hancock. Well, so that's kind of what, what I've got going on. Hopefully um, um, cut some cut some music soon, recording-wise. Yeah, his tune is really great, um, really, really wonderful. And um, when we had the CD release um, uh, Saturday before last. And, um, um, John, you know, I think 18, 17 or 18 of the 20 artists mm -hmm. played at the release. So yeah, it was an cool. all day. And, and Jared put that together too. So Jared scheduled all that. And, mm -hmm. um, it was really cool because uh, Kaylin Fay, who lives in Tulsa, she was on, uh, she, she contributed a tune on the, on the CD. And we love her. She's one of our artist partners. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's uh, so pure, you know, and amazing. Um, and um, so she had uh, John, Cal John Calvin. John Calvin, yeah. yes, which is also one of our artist partners. And we just love them. Yeah. So she, she had him. Adorable. Um, you know, she... She had um, he he accompanied her on on her on her set for the release, and um, he was such a sweetheart. He actually covered um, Jared's tune. Oh, oh that's Jared cool. did. That's yeah, so I wasn't awesome. able to be there, and so he actually took my set that day. <laughs> yeah, played oh played my spot, and when I, had, I invited him to 
to play. I was like, uh, or he was like, I want to cover your song or one of your songs. And so I was like, hey, why don't you cover this one that I did for the sessions? And he was so sweet about it. He sent me a voice memo being like, hey, this is of the recording of the song. He's like, this is what I'm going to do. Is this okay? I was like, John, like I trust whatever you're going to do. do. Oh, Even if you played it on yeah. the flute, it, it oh my probably gosh. sounds great. So. Well, he, I love John because we, we've worked together on different booking projects and he'll like, if he sends a text or an email, he like will put like a heart emoticon <laughs> after. Like, and it's, so, it's like so professional and then it'll just be like, and a heart. And I'm like, oh, just I just love you. Know. you. Yeah. Yes. I'm he's just so being, kind. Yeah. He really is. He's just such a kind, and so is Kaylin. I mean, both of them. Yeah. So I love that there. We ha we have several artist partners that are involved. We have Bo Jennings, and uh, yeah, um, I mean, Bo it's Jennings. just you guys he again. Your lineup is incredible, and who and everybody the track was uh, new songs for the most part. Everybody played new songs, and so that was cool to just get to hear these people. Um, like Bo Jennings was one that his song was so captivating. He just rolled in there, him and the guitar, and. Um, and he was the last to track. He was the very last for that second day. And uh, it was just a fantastic, fantastic song. The chorus just kind of encapsulated, kind of. Um, and I didn't know half of these people because my head was so, you know, just like there at the powerhouse. You know, right. That's all, I, mean, I mean, I have friends that have opened places and they're just, I, I just, that I, you know, I, I'm just there at the powerhouse working, working, working. Um and um, so I, I had heard of some of these people, but I just never, I, I just hadn't had a chance to get out and, and, and hear them. So Jared, and, and so the, everyone that came, so Annie Oakley came. Mm -hmm. yep. They were the very first one. Yep. Mm -hmm. They were the very first one and they, they were all business. Yep. They walked in and said, all right, you know, roll the tape. I know. And they're young. <laughs> they're, they're young yeah. business girl. Yeah. yeah. They're like, roll the tape. And, um, you know, I they had played a Bernie Sanders. Um, some some people had a Bernie Sanders um, um, uh, uh, benefit. You mm -hmm. know, at the powerhouse, mm -hmm. and um, and they played you know one or two songs, but it was kind of windy, and they were outside, and I didn't really get a chance. But but when you when you when we got into the substation, there was a you know a hundred thousand cores and mics and gear, and there would be anywhere from twenty five to 50 uh, people in there at any given time, you know, so when it was time to record, it was like, all right, turn your phones off, lock the door, someone outside, don't let anyone, you know, and it, we, it was perfect every mm -hmm. time. So we cool. never once with 20 songs and everyone, they were real badasses. So, I mean, honestly, it was pretty, it was pretty um easy because everyone did uh, everyone knocked out the recordings in one or two takes mm -hmm. you know yep. some of the bands took a little longer because you you have maybe four or five people and there was a, right. a note here but but for the most part the one of the reasons why it sounds like we were in uh, had a hundred thousand dollar budget on this on this recording is because the recordists knew what they were doing and the musicians were just they got in there and they knocked it out they just there was no ego. Everyone ended up hanging out. We had mm. sauce donate pizza. Cool. We had holy rollers donate uh, donuts. We had um, anthem and Coop. anthem uh, brewery and and coop donate beer. Nice. Um, I supplied all the elemental coffee mm. uh, and Topo Chicos, and um, we just ate and drank as much as we <laughs> wanted and it was just like the ultimate green room and um, it, there was really a sense of community um, and um, there were, you know, 
it was just I didn't like I said I didn't know half these people I'd heard of Bo Jennings you know I'd heard of um, a couple of these other people but you know there wasn't a dud Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, yeah, Jared nailed it. And that, I mean, really that's a testimony to where we are right now with our Oklahoma city music scene. I mean, everything you just described is what I think about when I think about our Oklahoma music scene or mm -hmm. our Oklahoma music scene, not just Oklahoma city. Cause obviously exactly. we had artists from all over, but supportive and everybody's cool with each other and supportive. I mean, I don't know. It's just, you, you, you know, hit the nail on the head, but I, I do want to brag real quick on Jared. I like to have my brag moments with our guests. Um, <laughs> I met Jared, I guess a, maybe a couple years ago at Confluence. Oh, yes, yeah. And I, I was, um, yeah. your your song was in a, a film that had just debuted. Yes. Um, oh, goodness, help me out. What was that? Super, Superhuman? Yeah. yeah. That, yes, and, yeah. And you had performed at this conference. Yes. And um, Jared and I met and ended up just chatting it up in the lobby. I think we missed half the conference because <laughs> I just, you know. I went into that. I didn't know anybody. They had asked the... Uh, director of that film asked me to come and play and I was like cool mm -hmm. and it was totally like not my scene all these just I guess what is that again it's like for social it's, media it's marketing. like digital influencing so it's kind of moved more into marketing I mean the uh -huh. first couple of years it was different aspects of di di digital influencing and now um, I, I felt like last year was more focused on marketing and okay. it's wonderful if anybody wants to check it out ConfluenceCon I believe dot com maybe just google <laughs> just it google um, but yeah so jared i mean and i will say this with all honesty jared you're one of my favorite people i've ever met here oh, i mean you just so you. just you're just so authentic you're so talented and the fact that you give back i mean tenfold to our community um, that's something i love not only you as an artist and you as a person but you have been organizing and coordinating things forever i mean for the last several years i mean and so i've kind of always followed what's what Jared has been doing and we would try to connect on how we can collaborate but we, really we recently have collaborated collaborated on Come Sunday series at mm -hmm. the Overholster so yeah. that's kind of our our newest project together which I'm excited so Cellar Door and um, Jared and John Milner's John Milner. house house shows mm -hmm. um, have moved over to the Overholster mansion which we will have a whole nother podcast on that so yeah, stay tuned because it's yeah John is fun to listen to we're just yeah he's, it's an amazing um, series and we're excited to launch it together so um, I definitely want to kind of plug that because you've yeah. you've been doing things like that for a long time and and uh, do, just do a great job. Thank you. Yeah, so, absolutely. You. And I, I was at the the last. It was at the first um, come first Sunday one at, at Overholster. Overholster. Yeah, with mm -hmm. stunning Annie Oakley, just right down the road from from uh, where I live. And I when I th I think you said, well, I'm going to be over the Overhaul, and because I'd seen it advertised, and then. And then I realized like that day that that was uh, Jared's thing. And I said, not surprising. Not <laughs> That's right. Not you have your hands in a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell us about the song you're going to sing today because we're excited to have a live performance. Uh, I'm going to do, um, I, I was thinking, I, I don't think I'm going to do the song from the sessions. I'll leave that a mystery to make you have to go buy it and listen to that. <laughs> well, I'm going to do Jared's Daydream, which is, is the title is just to play off like, Bob Dylan would name songs like Bob Dylan's 57th, you know, nightmare or dream or whatever. And so that's where the title comes from. But then the song itself is just about how oftentimes you, you think, you know, life, Oh, it's such a dream. Like, is this real? But then it kind of reverses itself and you wish life was a dream. You know, it's like, Oh, this is horrible. Why can't this just be a dream? So that's um, kind of what this song is about. Um, 
Yeah. Well, cool. Well, right. we're excited to hear it. So here coming up, Jared, with his new song. Well, new. Not, not. It's pretty new. You can find it on Bandcamp, jaredbeck.bandcamp.com. I did a recording of it with my good friend, Billy Mishinsky. Um, yeah. Where else can we find your music and where else can we find Powerhouse information? Give us... Um, I mean, jaredbeck.bandcamp.com is my music. Um, Jared Beck is my Instagram. At Jared26 is my Twitter. And then the Powerhouse Sessions actually has an Instagram account at Powerhouse Sessions. And then... Where can we find your venue? And then the, the yeah, and then the, the, the powerhouse is, um, it's in the old Oklahoma City Farmer's Market over there off of um, like Western and Reno. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have our, our website is powerhouseokc.com. And then we're on um, Instagram and, and Twitter. And um, I think that's it. I don't know. I think, we'll probably, I think we're in Google. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and we'll include everybody's information um, on our website, cellardormusicgroup.com. We're at Grounded Sounds with Instagram and Twitter and Grounded Sounds OK on Facebook. So we'll definitely, we're connected with these guys. And uh, so anybody who wants to plug into all of what's going on, check it out. So we have Jared coming up with his song. Just like snow was falling Outside I heard rain collecting And gutters droplets rolling down off rooftops And Marty Robbins on the turntable Gunfighter ballads, I could tell it was a copy with a slight war. And as I walked into the kitchen, and you were humming along to El Paso, you asked if I'd like what you were fixing. I said I guess so
fell asleep to the curtains closing Darkness encompassed me as I was dozing off Memories turned into dreams Colors vivid, fluid as a rapid wild stream I saw myself running from a duplex The top floor burning with passion Such as the act of lovers in sex And as the flames danced up towards the stars I find myself behind the wheel of a reliable car I call my mother and tell her I'll see her soon She says, okay, son Don't tell it like it is